Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. Joining us now, the twin sister docs, Dr. Uh, Delana Wardlaw, Dr. Elena McDonald. They are board certified physicians and they are twins. Doctors, good morning. Good morning, Salud. How are you? I'm good. How are you both? We are doing well. We are well. That's good. That's good. So, Dr. Warlaw, I want to ask you about magnesium. Can it act as a sleep aid? And if so, what are the best sources of magnesium? So, magnesium, it's a nutrient, um, and it, it, it typically is used to help muscle and, and nerve function. Um, there is some limited evidence, um, you know, some small studies that have been done that shows that magnesium can um, sometimes help with sleep, help you fall asleep faster, also improve your quality of sleep so so you can get a good night's sleep throughout the throughout the night and feel more rested. But also magnesium can help with symptoms of restless leg syndrome when people are moving their legs throughout the night uh, because they have discomfort in the legs. So magnesium can help decrease those symptoms and help promote better sleep as well. Uh, we could typically get magnesium salmon in um, a balanced diet, you know, dairy, um, leafy green vegetables, nuts, whole grains, um, peas, peanuts, beans, soybeans, the legume category. Uh, but if you're going to do, because um, if you're going to consider magnesium supplements, um, you should consider either magnesium citrate, 200 milligrams, about 30 minutes before you go to sleep, or magnesium glycinate, 200 milligrams, before you, 30 minutes before you go to sleep. You really want to try to avoid magnesium oxide because that's the full softener, and obviously that's going to have you going to the bathroom and mm-hmm. your sleep. Uh, but you also want to make sure that you talk to your doctor before you take this because if you're taking medications, then you want to make sure you're not going to have interaction with the regular medications that you take. Okay. With all that being said, Solomon, it does not step, it does not take the place of a good sleep routine. <laughs> Making mm-hmm. sure that you practice good sleep hygiene, getting to bed at a at a at a routine regular time, making sure that you have a sleep environment that's conducive to sleep and lights off, you know, not a lot of um, distractions, you know, yeah. computers off, cell phones off, notifications off, um, and making sure that you avoiding caffeine before you go to bed. So making sure that you are having that effective sleep routine uh, because the magnesium itself is not going to supplement that. Mm. Okay. Not going to, it's not going to substitute that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. So, Dr. McDonald, there's a new study that's found that babies born even slightly early have a higher long-term risk of developmental difficulties that could affect their behavior and learning ability. Specifically, what did they find? Right. So, yeah, this is a study that was actually had come out of uh, a Swedish study that they had actually looked at for, for a couple decades. And they looked at over a million babies um, who were born, and they compared some who were born as we say, um, uh, moderate um the late preterm, which is anywhere from 32 to 36 weeks mm-hmm. of pregnancy versus those who are full-term who are 37 weeks and later um, in their pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what this study has shown, which we have, we have always, which we have known previously to this, is that babies who are born too soon, they're born before their due date, they are more likely to have problems with development, whether or not it's, it, you know, their growth motor, their ability to, to crawl, to walk, um, to handle things uh, hand their hands, which is fine motor, their ability um, with their speech, their ability to learn new things, their cognitive ability. So this study, again, just shows that there is um, being born early could lead to these problems um, in our children. This study did not, you know, it did not account for other things. Could it be substance abuse involved? Could it be alcohol, you know, drugs? 
any of those things. The study just simply says, hey, we're seeing that children who are born early are having developmental problems. So really the point to drive home out of this study and similar studies is that we need our children, our babies, to get to full term mm -hmm. as much as possible because those few weeks that they miss if they're born early can have a detrimental effect on their development. Mm -hmm. So in order for that to happen, we need to make sure that our mothers are healthy, as healthy as possible before they get pregnant, and we need to make sure that they're getting proper prenatal care, proper testing, proper exams during their pregnancy to make sure that they are giving their child, their baby, the, 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 the best chance to get to full term to have a better outcome. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? How do we make sure that they get the full term? Well, so first thing, we have to make sure that we have access. We have to make sure that our, that, 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 that our mothers have access to adequate health care even before they get pregnant. Yeah. If they, because if they have diabetes, you need to make sure they their diabetes is controlled before they get pregnant. If they have high blood pressure, you have to make sure that their high blood pressure is controlled before they get before they get pregnant. Even the healthiest of moms can sometimes develop unforeseen problems during their pregnancy. Mm -hmm. This is why it's so important to make sure that you have a physician that is following you throughout your pregnancy. Because mm -hmm. sometimes if the physician is able to pick up um, problems early on, they can intervene to prolong the pregnancy, mm -hmm. to prolong the pregnancy as long as possible. Okay. All right. So, Dr. Warlaw, this, this next... Uh study kind of reminds me of something that, that I talked with Dr. McDonald about, about kids learning better on paper than on screens. Uh, turns out that typing might be faster than writing by hand, but it's less stimulating for the brain. That's according to research published Friday in the journal Frontiers in Psychology. How did researchers come to this conclusion and what does it mean for the future of learning? Well, uh, Solomon, they did a study. It was a small study of uh university students, the 36 university students, where they separated them to measure their brain activity. They separated into a group that was using a pen um, to write out things. Actually, it was a digital pen. They were writing on the screen, and then um, the other group was actually typing, and it showed that, and, and while they were doing that, they were measuring their brain activity, measuring brain activity. And it showed that those who were using the pen to write the brain, there was more activity in more areas of the brain. So the handwriting... Um, allows more brain connections. And it, and it really makes sense, Solomon, because in order for you to formulate a letter, you have to think about the letter, you have to use, visualize the letter, you have to use your motor skills to write the letter out, um, you have to use your, your, you know, your, your, your hand-eye coordination to make sure that you are actually writing the, the correct letter. Whereas when you use a, a keyboard, all the keys on the screen pretty much look alike. I mean, it doesn't take much to identify the letter. You just point to the letter on the screen and you just push it. So it does not activate as many areas of the brain. And we do know that um, we know that now moving forward in the digital age, many kids are learning on um, iPads and devices and things like that. Right. And we can get them to actually use the pen on the device as opposed to use the keys. Then this study is showing that um, it can have increased uh, brain activity, and, and but we do have to do more studies to show exactly how much of the um, determine how much, as compared to the two groups, how much of the information is being retained when it comes to memory. Um, so there still needs to be more information there, Solomon. But it's showing that here might still need to be incorporated incorporated in school curriculum, Solomon. Yeah. Many kids aren't learning how to write cursive, uh, no. Solomon. Many kids are not learning how to hear and write. They're all just on the you know. They're not learning how to do these things. So right. 
we are showing that you do have increased brain activity when you do these things. So it, it should be encouraged, and uh, we'll see how that plays out with, with many of our school curriculums. Yep, yep. We are looking forward to, to learning that. I know when I write stuff out, I, I tend to retain it better. Yeah, I'm an active yep. learner. And I'm still an active learner as mm-hmm. a physician, and, and you know, right. And even though we're digital now, you know, writing things you 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 do retain it better. Yeah, and that is, that's a personal skill. Yep, yeah, absolutely. So, Dr. McDonald, researchers have found that successful early transition to kindergarten can put a child firmly on the right path. What constitutes that success, and how is it connected to children's health? Yeah, so, you know, kindergarten, we always say kindergarten is a great time. It's a great time for children. They go and they are um, they are out of the home. They learn new things, making new friends. But this study particularly looking at um, children who have difficulty transitioning to kindergarten, mm-hmm. whether or not it impacts their, their learning throughout the year. And basically, this study came out of Ohio, looked at about 600 children, kindergartners, and looked at, um, look at them at the beginning of the year and um, look at them about 14 weeks later, got input from their teachers. And really what it's saying is that a lot of children, the many children, have difficulty transitioning to kindergarten. And we want to make sure that we're identifying those, transi- identifying those difficulties earlier to try to help them earlier so that they can have a better outcome towards the end of kindergarten. Now, what do we mean by are they ready for kindergarten? We want to make sure that, you know, that, they're, that, they're, that their speech is up to par, that they're able to, they're, they're able to communicate effectively. They're able to interact with other children effectively. They're able to follow directions effectively. Mm-hmm. Those are all key things where you're going out, you know, going into kindergarten. Some children never have the opportunity to do that at home. As yeah. doctors, we say, just do this, do this, do that with your child. As a parent, I learned that sometimes not as easy to do. We have right. to teach our parents how to interact, how to get their children ready for kindergarten. Preschool is extremely important, but a lot of times, even when children go to preschool and they come out, some of the a good amount of them are still not ready for kindergarten. So we want to make sure that we are, are as parents that we are working with our children as much as possible, working with them with their interaction, working with them with their speech, working with them with following directions, mm-hmm. uh, trying to keep them on a schedule, which is very difficult to do at home. And then when they go to kindergarten, it's an easy transition. But even some parents who do that great. Some of those children still have problems. Or some of those children who go to preschool still have problems. So we want to identify them early so you can start to work with them early and help them transition better so that they have a better outcome. All right. All right. So, Dr. Warlow, how do people get in touch with the two of you? You can find us at Twin Sister Doc on Facebook, Instagram, X, Threads. You can also find us at our website at thetwinsisterdocs.com. All right. Well, I want to thank you both for joining us this morning on WURD. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com. 